Welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Asif Lakani. My co-host is... Nabil Alani. And on today's episode, we're talking more of the last dance, but not quite what you think it is. We're also coming to you from a very special location, backed by popular demand at Goodware Brewing. Um, shout out to Ryan and all the great folks at Goodware Brewing. And we've got a lot to talk about, such as NBA playoffs, uh, rest in peace Black Panther, some protests, some Madden, some MLB trades, a um, bunch of good stuff to talk about. Tell them what's Yeah, go. and uh, you know what else? Football's back. Football is just about back. So I am, I mainly want to talk about that. We're but, like in uh, the red zone for football season, right, man. Right, and you know what? I feel like it snuck up on us this year just because we're not for preseason. But that's just me jumping around the agenda and not sticking to the actual thing where we need to talk about the last thing we talked about, which is the last dance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, today we're drinking a last dance from Jay Wakefield. I know we're at Good Word. We will be drinking Good Word beers. Don't worry. We actually already are. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got the last dance. This is a double dry hop East Coast style IPA. And we are about to enjoy some. Shout out to uh, <coughs> Sprayberry Bottle Shop for this. Acquiring this drop and also giving Bears, Birds, and Brews a an exemption to get more than two cans per person yep. for this one. Yep, it's it's the rare four point play, if, if I may say. There you go. The rare right. four point play. And the Bills drinking that, I would say that this smells great. Very great aroma. It looks beautiful. Um, the can art looks like a the classic Bears pinstripe uniform. Bulls. I mean, sorry. The B- Bulls black and red pinstripe uniform. Literally the '98. Boys, yeah. when they when they killed it, um, actually my second favorite bear, um, bear bulls <laughs> uniform of all time. My favorite is the Curse of Chicago, but the this is my second Jordan. favorite. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would argue that this bulls uniform, which you'll see a picture at Bears, Birds, and Brews, um, this uniform might be literally one of the best uniforms in all sports. Yeah, honestly, I wish they would bring time. this back. I really wish. It. Well, they kind of bring it back, but it's not. But like I also it. feel like you can't bring this back without Jordan. Man, Jordan. Yeah, made I think this you can uniform. bring it back. You can bring it back. But Jordan made this uniform what it is. Yeah. Anyway, how's the I mean, beer oh, it should be back by popular demand. If you uh, look at yourself. Well, how's the beer in the bro? You tell them. I think it's really good. Um, mm. So you know, there's a bunch of different hops in it. I I think I'm getting a um, a lot more mosaic, but. I think it's more mosaic front than anything, but mm-hmm. you know there are a couple other hops in there. I forgot the other ones, but this is really nice. It's they are really Azaka, Azaka, and Strata hops. Strata, there we go. And it's uh, sitting at an eight percent, so it's not not too crazy. Well, and I would say, man, for an eight percent, this is actually very smooth. And even for just a double dry hop IPA, this you is you think very... it's eight percent for Kobe? I would love that. I don't think so. That would rest in peace, Kobe, of course. But. Um, this is very smooth for a double dry hop IPA, I gotta say. Very easy drinking, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I, w- I would not have assumed that, yeah. honestly. It, is, it, it drinks more like a pale ale, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of pale ale, uh, what are you drinking? So, yeah, shout out to Good Word Brewing. We're at Good Word, and my face for radio is talking to you while drinking a face for radio from Good Word. So, how about that? But this is a pale ale, my first beer of the day. And like I'm, I'm holding these two beers up side by side, and you can see the difference between one being a not little more so, hazier, right? One being a little more clean, even though it is a, I think it's a hazy pale ale, but still. No, but this this face for radio is. Oh, he, he's drinking actually. That's why excellent. Okay, yeah. I mean, you speaking with your mouth full of liquid is a very um, 
Well, it's your fun. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. You know, let's uh, let's get back onto the agenda. The agenda. Uh, and so yeah, so first things first on the agenda is uh, we got some NBA playoffs, man. You've been watching the NBA playoffs. I have. All right, so I don't I don't know what's um, what's in what chronological order, but I have to do this. I have to ask. Was that play against Luca dirty? Those two plays that happened with Luca was the first one with the shoe dirty. Was the second one with the slap to the face dirty? Was it not dirty? Is me as a Luca fan being biased? Is I'm, am I just getting a little you know getting my panties all round? No, up? so I would say you know Marcus Morris. I think it's Marcus. Yeah, it's one of the Morris brothers. So you know they went to KU. So KU guys tend to play dirty because Mizzou don't like KU because they're they're, they're dirty players. So interesting. Um, no, but I would think the slap in the face definitely looked like intentional. Um, the the shoe thing, I actually don't. At least when I saw the the slowed down replay, because I didn't watch it right when it happened. I was like literally behind the wall at my house, and I come around, and this whole big thing is happening. But when I saw the slow mo replay, I was like, oh, that's definitely intentional. But then when they showed like the actual full speed replay. It honestly didn't look intentional to me. It looked mm. like he's just trying to play like tight defense on one of the best players in the game. Yeah, in a close game, you got to close him out. So I would forgive him for the shoot thing. But to your point, Nabu, I mean, Morris and Luca were going at it all series, and you could kind of tell that their tension was heated. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's hard to even give him the benefit of the doubt because it's like you knew that they were kind of going beefing from like game two, really. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, and again, if you go back to, like, the history of the player, Morris, both of them have issues with uh, just, you know, being well-behaved players, if you yeah, will. Definitely. So it's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at least for one of them, I'll say it probably didn't look as intentional as the other one did, in my opinion. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I know my opinion. I think it's dirty, but it's all good. Um, now, I think the next game we're talking about is Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. Game 7 tonight. Game 7. So... Before we even talk about Game 7 or anything like that, I just want to talk about Jamal uh, Murray and Donovan Mitchell. I mean, these two guys, I think they probably have had the best. Like, okay, it, it was agreed that Devin Booker had the best bubble performance, right? Going into with the bubble starting up until the playoffs started, Devin Booker had the best performance. Yeah, Luka had some good games in the middle. Well, I'd say Damian Lillard was great, too. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Lillard. But, but yeah, damn. Okay, so okay, so this kind of works better for me. So, um, Devin Booker and Damian Lillard had the best bubble performance. Mm-hmm. And I think the best first-round performance is Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, by far. And, and, and Luka had a lot of good performance in the middle, but I feel like... Those four have made well, at the this playoffs. Point, what, literally, as of us sitting here right now, prior to Game 7, a few hours before Game 7 starts in that series, Jamal Murray has scored 40-plus in three straight games, one of those being a 50-point yeah. game. And Donovan Mitchell has scored 43 times in the series, one of the first game of the series being a 50-point game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would say by far the most compelling first-round series – and I know when we talked about it a few weeks ago, we actually took an episode off for the player protest. So, you know, for our fans who are listening or noticed that, yeah. we supported that and we also support the players. But also, a few weeks ago, I told you in the bill that I think the NBA had to start with Mitchell versus Murray for its first game of the playoffs because as the star power was there. And look yeah. at that. And that was game one. And now we're at game seven. And I think it's probably going to be the best game seven I mean, the better Game 7 of the two that we have in the yeah. playoffs so far. I mean, well, 
next game seven we're talking about is rolled right into it. The uh, CP3 versus – I mean, you could say, okay, sorry, OKC versus Houston. And, mm-hmm. dude, I think if, um, if OKC wins game seven, I think Houston's got to, like, blow it up or something, dude. Because, like, you li- the player that you literally got rid of because that wasn't a good fit for you guys is the one that's going to knock you out of the first round. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm happy you bring that up because so often I've been thinking about in the series between Oklahoma and City, Oklahoma City and Houston. What I've been thinking about is like, man, this is Russell Westbrook's revenge. Yeah, and I completely overlooked and forget the fact that Chris Paul is actually the guy that got traded to Oklahoma City for Russell Westbrook. Um, and, and, and my dumbass thought Chris Paul was going to get traded mid-year. I thought he was going to the Lakers. And well, and, and that's something he's been trying to work on for a couple years now. But it seems yeah. like, I mean, right now he's in good position. He's got Game 7 coming up. He's literally willed them to a Game 7, the yeah. veteran leadership. Um, and I, I loved what he did during that free throw yesterday where he just stared down harder. He didn't care about the free throw. And Bears, Birds, and Brews did drop an Instagram meme about that. Let me know what you guys think about it. We've been dropping sports Instagram Bears memes. I mean, not Bears, beer memes for the past week and a half. I think they're hilarious. If you don't think they're hilarious, please let me know. Oh, yeah. And we're going to get some wrestling memes, too, once I get some got stuff him. figured out. I but, got it. Um, so back to the back to the basketball game. I like Chris Paul from the perspective. I think he's a great leader. I've never actually. I've, I'm I'm a fan of his, but I've always had an issue with his like. He seems like very defiant in the sense of like. He seems like arrogant. Seems like an asshole. Yeah, he seems like an asshole. I guess that's a great way to put it. And um, so I didn't necessarily appreciate that, but at the same time, when it's game six, game seven, and all bets are off, and you got to do what you got to do. I mean, the guy stepped up to do what he had to do. So, not, not to be the person to pour, like, salt on the wound, because this is a very old wound, but um, it was cool, because I was watching the... Um, and you could pour salt in my wound as well afterwards, because you'll be able to see how. Um, I was watching a Milwaukee game, Milwaukee versus Heat. Okay. And I completely forgot Marvin Williams was still in the league. Dude, <laughs> I'm so happy you said this, because they literally wanted to put it in our group chat, like, how is Marvin Williams still in the NBA? Like, right? I literally I saw mean, him... Score his first two NBA points yesterday. I mean, I mean, I mean, go. <laughs> I mean, I mean, going backwards when you when you think about the uh, the draft where you took Marvin Williams over CP3. I mean, the first pick was who Andrew Bogut. I think it went Bogut, Marvin Williams, then CP3. And because um, I don't think the Hawks had number one pick, they had a number two pick. Um, or either that, or they passed on Darren Williams and Chris Paul. They passed them both. They passed yeah, them both. So um, that was a disaster. But yeah, uh, and I was just like, "Is that Marvin Williams?" And and then uh, I was like, and then the next thing I know, I'm watching CP3 playing. It's just like, wow, uh, right. it was pretty cool. It was just, it was just pretty cool well, to say. So, and the salt in my wounds, you could just say Jimmy Butler fucking tore it up yesterday. So we can just kind of transition right into. Milwaukee. Well, I just want to say real quick, as far as CP3 and Houston. The Rockets will not win that series if Mike Antoni is coaching on the sidelines. And what I mean by that is they need Mike D'Antoni. They need to play some dang defense. <laughs> it's always been my joke. The, the Rockets can't win because they got Mike Antoni coaching them. Once they get Mike D'Antoni and they get that defense out there. I mean, Mike, Mike D'Antoni don't, don't coach defense. I mean, you, you, he's coached, what, four different teams? Right. And I don't think any of them have been a, a defensive juggernaut. Slash also Russell Westbrook ain't never going to learn. I, I don't know if you were yeah. watching that game six last night in the build, but Russell Westbrook airballed a key 
shot that would have helped Houston win the game, and then he turned the ball over on the next possession. You know, you know what I saw? You know what I thought of? Remember the the classic uh, freshman to Bel Air where it's Carlton and Will fighting over the ball in that basketball game, okay. and then Carlton gets the ball from Will and he just chucks it, mm-hmm. and Carlton misses the goal by like five feet to right. the right, and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, why isn't the ball in Harden's hand? Like it should be in Harden's so, hand. So to that to that point, in the bill is actually. We're at game six now, so I think probably potentially like game four, Houston had a chance to put it away at the very end of the game, and what happens? They don't even get the ball to James Harden, and at this point, Russell Westbrook isn't even playing. He's still not playing, but they didn't get the ball in Harden's hands at the very end of the game to close out game four, and it's just like, dude, like, I don't understand what's going on, and I don't understand how James Harden can be so patient. Because yeah. this is what you get paid to. This is what yeah. you've been killing the rest of the league for all years. Like, give me the ball, get out the way. Yeah. And now when it's time for him to get the ball and for everybody else to get out the way, Houston's not doing it. I don't understand. I'm kind of curious what would have happened. Like, I remember that I, I always say the biggest basketball tragedy of all time is the fact that the OKC Thunder were broken up too soon for Ibaka. But what if instead of trading away James Harden, they traded away Russell Westbrook? Because I feel like Harden and KD would always play well together. Yeah. And Ibaka's still Ibaka was still good. I mean, they still he, went. Um, they still went to a conference finals with Ibaka, Durant, and Russell Westbrook. And of but those if, four, yeah. Ibaka's the only, the second one who's won the championship. Yeah. The other two haven't even done and, yet. And and you know what? I could, like even though KD did a lot for his ring. Don't get me wrong. I feel like Ibaka may have done more to get his ring because he he didn't go to a team that already won a championship. He didn't go to a team that already had a, a potential Hall of Fame or two potential Hall of Fame. With, with probably a Hall of Fame or a coach, not to say Steve Kerr is a Hall of Fame coach, but if you take his full resume, he should oh, be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Steve Kerr is a Hall of Famer, coaching and or player or both. I mean, you, you have to put the two two resumes together. It's not the, well, the single resume. Un, then he's undoubtedly a yeah. Hall of Famer. You have to put the two resumes together. I think. I mean, if he gets one more ring after after this year, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. But yeah. so so either way, though, I, I it's funny that you say that in the book because I had to catch myself last night when I thought about this prepping, prepping for the show. You do show prep? Oh, I, you know, I, um, kind of, sort of. It's when I drink beer. Ah. Right. You know. Same here, right. <laughs> I, mean, I do a lot of show prep. But from the perspective of, like, I was saying, like, man, Ibaka was the, is the only one of those Thunder guys who's yeah. won the championship. But actually, KD has won too. But, of yeah. course, there's... But there's a little asterisk, there. yeah. So, anyway, okay. So, now we can go to... I, as much as I love this conversation, I think this is great conversation. We have Game 7 to talk uh, about. How about there. this? Before we move on to the next, next topic... Who's going to win the series, Miami or Milwaukee? Let's, okay. let's just end the basketball conversation on that. Okay, about, well, because oh, I was well, before that, uh, we do even though you brought it up earlier. You know, we did support the players of them mm-hmm. sitting out, and we I, didn't think it was right to drop an episode last week, yeah, which is why we didn't. You know, thank you all for waiting. Yeah, and you know, we think whatever came out of that was great, and I feel like there should be more coming out of it. Yeah, um, but Milwaukee or Heat, who you got? Oh, man, I, I think. I, I don't see because I was going to ask you a question which I'll ask for the readers later or the listeners later oh. but it's I don't see how Milwaukee can lose that series now don't get me wrong even though they've lost to Miami like three times now it just seems like in a seven game series that's always the thing like any given Sunday sure yeah. but in a seven game series you literally have what the second best player on the planet right so, now how do you lose so how so I, I said this question I'm sorry this is going longer than, than we thought but who cares we're, 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 we're at good word we're having a good time I'm currently drinking We Are America and as an American I must know 
How did the defensive player of the year not guard Jimmy Butler yesterday? And the defensive player of the year being... Giannis, who won the defensive oh, player yeah, of the year. Oh, okay, so... Because I'm thinking, like... Yeah, I mean, I Kawhi barely guarded Luka and whatever, whatever. So, um... I mean, I don't think... I think that's, like... I don't want to say a mismatch, but I don't think it necessarily matches up, right? Because I mean, you've got... A, I mean, Giannis either plays three or four. Jimmy either plays two or three. I mean, you, you could... And Chris Middleton is, is large enough where if you need to switch... And you know what, to be honest... Jimmy was doing everything yesterday. If you oh, 40 sh- points. If you shut Jimmy down, the rest of the team would have been fine. 40 points and, and no sex, apparently, for Jimmy Butler in the bubble. Yeah, he's there for business. There we go. There <laughs> um, we go. So that's probably what did it. You know, Jimmy Butler ain't holding himself back. But I will say, um, to your point, I don't think that Giannis can guard Jimmy Butler. Not that he can't do it, but I think from an energy conservation perspective, from a leadership perspective, Giannis is almost better off doing they're my milwaukee's probably better off doing the boxing one get middleton get george hill that's too simple on jimmy butler because Giannis is too valuable of a player and if you take a guy that size that maybe miami has somebody that size and you put like a chris middleton on like a six eight six nine power forward guy well then you you create yourself a mismatch that you don't necessarily need and i think from the perspective of like Milwaukee has done this before. They lost to Orlando game one, and they came back and won four games in a row. I mean, Milwaukee maybe not even panicked right now. They're probably just like, all right, dude, we got to get it together. We got to get it together. Yeah. So my question to you real fast to end this basketball thing, I think there's one more series that we got to discuss briefly. Um, but it's essentially who would you rather have right now, Jimmy Butler or James Harden? Ooh, Jimmy Butler or James Harden? Because I feel like that's like the very yeah. even – skill caliber players you know what even i think i still gotta go jimmy but i mean I, i'm still gonna go james harden okay. i mean and, and and it might be my bitterness and my stubbornness that the fact that the bulls got rid of jimmy butler and mm-hmm. but i don't know i mean jimmy butler's awesome he's great um you know but can i say the, the, the bulls the bulls fucked up um and, and okay. I, I was pro trading jimmy butler don't get me wrong I just thought we could have gotten a lot more for Jimmy Butler than we did. And you know what? To be honest, if you maybe would have waited another year and got him in the Supermax and then tried to trade him. Because right now, if you try to trade Jimmy Butler, you, are, you could probably get the number one pick with Jimmy Butler this year. Well, and, and you know, they were talking about how Philadelphia, like Joel Embiid was watching Jimmy Butler yesterday in the bubble. He was there at the game and just like salivating at the thought of like, man, we could have and should have had this guy. Well, you know what? I... I you know what? I think Philly fucked up more than the Bulls did by letting Jimmy Butler go because you know what? Oh yeah. Because like yeah, Jimmy Butler. Okay, so I'm gonna say one thing. Jimmy Butler's an asshole. He, he like he might be the which is crazy because I feel like in Miami I, I've actually come to like him a little bit. He seems like a likable guy so, now. Yeah, but before that he was the, he he was a huge asshole everywhere he went. I mean, like okay, how come Jimmy Butler, uh, Wiggins, and Carl Anthony uh, Carl Anthony Towns didn't make it to the playoffs? Right. I think that was Jimmy Butler's fault. Uh, he, if he would have adjusted a little bit, I don't know. Willing to take the yeah. backseat if you are. Anyway, so yeah. we'll see what happens. But, but yeah, you know, I'll still go Harden. Uh, okay, one last basketball question. We talked about Milwaukee, Miami, Utah versus Denver. Who you got? Game seven. You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going to go Denver. I'm gonna I go think Denver. Denver's, on, Denver's rolling. They're starting to pick it up. The thing is, I feel like the differences between Utah and Denver, I think Mitchell and Murray are a wash. But Jokic, yeah, I think Jokic is the difference maker. Yeah, and yes, they got Rudy Gobert. 
but Rudy Gobert ain't, ain't Jokic. Yeah, I mean, I see for me, I think it's Murray is probably a little bit more versatile than than Donovan Mitchell, so he can pass and shoot, and then maybe Michael Porter Jr. becomes the X factor yeah. tonight. Oh, but maybe Michael Porter Jr. is phenomenal. Right. I mean, shout he, out Mizzou. Yep. Um, all right, uh, what's next on the so list? So I'm just going to go over this real quick. Uh, just some quick um, MLB trade line. Uh, trade deadline. Yesterday was a trade deadline. There were some trades. The biggest trade we saw was the Padres got Mike Clevenger for, um, I don't I wouldn't want to say a haul, but, you know, six prospects. Um, you know, that's a lot. Six prospects, but, you know, they're not even Padres' top five prospect, which is scary because Padres have Tatis. They have a young squad, and Clevenger is a very good pitcher. So, yep, Mike Clevenger did get traded. Um, Lindor did send out a funny Instagram post after. Mm-hmm. Well, for background, the reason Clevenger got traded was because Clevenger and um, Zach Plesac Jr. went out when they won um, the Indians were playing the White Sox. They went out into the town in Chicago while MLB is supposed to be in a bubble. And when right. I say bubble, I have quotation marks going. Yeah. Sort of and um, the team got upset and the team were like, you know what? We, we can't do this. And Zach Plesac owned up to it, but Clevenger didn't own up to it until he got caught. Right. And they're like, wait, you were out here with him? And then they just kind of let him out. Clevenger, I'm not Clevenger, Lindor put an Instagram post yesterday was, hey, make sure you use Instagram. Make sure you use a sanitizer. So um, hey, I said those guys should have had a girl dress up like one of the players come into the hotel. That's what, like, the I mean, it's, it's in the NFL, bro. Uh, Cubs got a few relievers and Cameron Mabin and another bat, but nothing else of substance. I mean, the trade deadline was busy, but I don't, there, outside of Clevenger, there weren't any blockbuster names, I feel like. What about you, Austin? Do you think there was anything? No, well, crazy? so I would say no. I think Cameron Mabin to Chicago is actually going to be a good fit, and I think that'll work out well. But he used to play for the Braves, so I've seen him play. I yeah. think that'd be a good fit for them. I would also say as a baseball guy i mean i was kind of upset to not see the braves make a move even though they were kind of rumored they, to be they were this. trying to get clevenger but right. but they were asking a lot of prospects and the thing is i feel like clevenger's value was like disproportionate it was yeah it was weird right i mean on in any other year the six prospects that the padres gave up for clevenger would not have been of substance it happened because they were trying to get rid of him so I agree with that, but I would also say in terms of for the Braves' perspective, and really for a lot of the other teams, uh, obviously COVID is happening, but two, it's what I said at the start of the restart season or the yeah. abbreviated season, which is we're going straight to playoff mode here. Yeah. So it's like if you feel like your team is in good position to make a playoff run right now, you don't need to do anything extra. And if you don't feel like your team is in good position to make a playoff run, maybe you're just not going to do it this year, mm-hmm. right? So I think – from that perspective, a lot of teams were probably a little bit more conservative or just had a little bit more faith in their current roster. Whereas, like, I think the Braves, even though they didn't make a trade and maybe needed to, given Mike Soroka went down, it's like the Braves are still rolling, man. They've yeah. won, like, 22 games. I mean, they're, 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 the they're, they're leading Sox. the division, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've won, like, 20-plus games already, halfway to my 41 that I predicted. Boom. So, you know, I'm okay with the Braves not doing it as long as they keep rolling. Yeah. Um, and which is what we're going to keep rolling. And so, so we're yeah. going to start off with some football news and then roll into fantasy because you know what? Football is not very far away, which means your fantasy draft isn't far away either. So make sure you take care of your fantasy draft. Um, first thing first, Leonard Fournette did get released by the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Jaguars? Jaguars. 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 Um, yeah, he did get released. Um, he, he passed through waivers. No one's picked him up. Uh, Bears are being rumored to get him. Uh, I say Tampa is rumored to get him, but I don't think I don't think I saw that. 
Rams potentially. There's a, there's a few spots. I think the Bills could – well, my buddy pointed out that the Bills could also be a great Bills do have Devin Singletary and they have another running back. But, yeah, Bills could, you know, one-two punch for Singletary and Fournette. And you know what? The um, whoop, the Washington football team Ooh. could, um, could hey, be a good spot. Here's a, here's a – I don't want to say a sleeper for you, but left field, dark horse sort of pickup. Because the other guy that's kind of on the move right now is Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah. So, hey, may- maybe if New Orleans Hey, Leonard Fournette um, went to LSU Fournette. and I was mean, a star there. I mean, the stars are aligning. And that leads me to my next thing, which you did kind of a segue, uh, Paul Bart style. Um, Alvin Kamara oh, yeah. is on the trade block. And I'm pretty sure, listen, uh, Ryan Pace, the Bears GM. Um, all he knows is New Orleans, right? And um, he he wasn't there when the um, the Saints had Alvin Kamara, but I'm pretty sure Ryan Pace is now offering seven first round picks for Alvin Kamara. So what? So two things. One is what I'm seeing, which is not necessarily a justified rumor, but we'll just say a rumor, if you will, which is that. The Saints saw Joe Mixon's contract, mm-hmm. which was he got extended for four years. Four years, got, forty-eight million. So if you if you were worried about Joe Mixon sitting out, he ain't. And so I think somebody saw said that they saw the Saints saw Joe Mixon's contract, and the Saints didn't want nothing to do with that with Alvin Kamara, which I think is ridiculous. No, but, totally. Give. So the other rumor I saw was that Kamara wanted a contract similar to Christian McCaffrey, which I do think he deserves. I think um, it's always been like, and I and I always bring it back to fantasy. You know, it's like, okay, Christian McCaffrey has been the number one pick for the past two years. But before that, Kamara was up there with the number one pick. Oh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say the past two years. I would say the past year and then now going into this yeah. year, Christian McCaffrey is your top running back in the NFL. But before last year... Kamara was above Kamara McCaffrey. Kamara was the guy. Yeah. He was the so, guy. And so, I also wonder, too, just a real quick thought, is like how much of Drew Brees and his actions or... Whatever Drew Brees statements with a BLM. Made. Um, I wonder how much of that is impacting Alvin Kamara saying like, "Yo." So Kamara's agent did come out and say he did not. He's not requesting the trade. So this is all coming from the New Orleans side. This so is all the, coming from six. Essentially contractual or financial. Contractually, yeah. yeah. Um, so that works, and so I wonder where Alvin Kamara will end up. But I would say if you're looking, Leonard Fournette to New Orleans, back to Louisiana where he went to LSU. Man, that could be him and Latavius Murray could be yeah. a killer once you punch because uh, they needed to replace Mark Ingram. Yeah, I, and you know what? To be honest, Latavius Murray on his own isn't a bad running back. Nope. I, and we can kind of move into fantasy right now. I would say everyone move Latavius Murray one round up on your fantasy draft. Um, and okay. yeah, fucking fantasy is here, man. Fantasy football is here. So I got a, I got three drafts this week. So, well, quick question to you. If you're like we have a fantasy draft tomorrow, I got one tomorrow, right? Which Indiana. is our league, which I am the champion. FYI, if you're still listening, but what are you looking at with Alvin Kamara? Are you drafting him? Are you not so, touching it? So it's it, it, this is actually very, very vital to me because I have the third pick in the draft in our league. In our league, oh hell no! I got the third pick. In, I was I was in last place last year. I up the first pick. I got the third I'm pick. I'm listening closely, my friend. I got the third pick in the draft now. Now, right now, we have a keeper league, so most of the running backs are being kept. But the running backs that will be available, Dalvin Cook, Oof. Kamara. Jeez. And then there's the um, Kansas City running back, the rookie. Hilaire. Uh, from LSU. Uh, yeah, from, so Hilaire. Yep. yep. So those are the three top running backs that are available. Now, the way I'm looking at it is the number one back off the board was supposed to be Kamara. 
I feel like it's going to be Cook now. I feel like Dalvin Cook is off. Okay. If we go to the next one, it's either going to be um, Kamara or the Kansas City running back. I feel like with this questionability of uh, Kamara, that Kansas City back may get off the board. Mm. Which means number three, which is on me, I'll have to pick. Am I am I taking uh, am, I, am I taking Kamara? Am I taking someone else? I won't divulge my strategy, but I'm in a conundrum right now because this. I thing, think a lot of I think a lot of fantasy yeah, well, owners and players. Well, see, the thing are. is, but well, in a standard league, you know, it, this question mark won't come up to like the seventh pick. Now this is coming up, and I'll make in the third pick. Right, because we have keepers and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, you know, I, I think Kamara is going to play 16 games. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be like – and, you know, I'm not – I have no inside information. I got nothing. I'm just basing off my balls and my gut. I feel like Kamara is going to play 16 games. What about shot. Leonard Fournette? Leonard Fournette will be on a team by tomorrow. He will, has to be. He'll be on a team by tomorrow. Has to be. Yep. There's teams that need him. The yep. Bears need him. I, you the Rams. I mean, what? the Saints. I am still saying this. Tampa is going to get Leonard Fournette because Tampa's one one weakness is running back, and you can now have him at nine hundred thousand dollars a year if Leonard Fournette goes to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl, dude, he's going to get a giant contract coming the year after that. And at that point, Tampa will let him go. They don't need him for longer than that. Okay, man, I'm I'm so because like I don't want to give away my fantasy strategy, but because oh, I you just guys gave away really, mine, but shit, bitch. but yeah, so because you guys are devoted listeners, and the bill did share a lot. I'll say my fantasy strategy is always go after the top name. If there's a name that you know, go get it. It's worked for me. Um, so with that being said, it's like if I'm – and now this is fantasy to real football, but if I'm Bill Belichick, Leonard Fournette, maybe you don't need right now because you got Sonny Michelle, you got White, you know. But Alvin Kamara presents a lot of great opportunities ah. for you. And I think personally that the Rams could use Leonard Fournette. I think that's where he should go. I think that's where he would do great. And as far as Alvin Kamara, I mean, he is the type of player that can command the trade to that where teams like the Bears that weren't necessarily looking for a running back when a guy like that becomes available comes up. And I'm so happy that the Falcons just jumped the gun on Todd Gurley and gave him the $5 million because it's like now we're good. And I'm sure Denver's happy with Melvin Gordon because yeah. it's like, yo, we don't have to worry about the Joe Mixon contract picking that up. We don't have to worry well, about – who are we deciding what between? What do you mean Joe Mixon on Denver? Like in terms of like, they saw Joe Mixon's extension, and so now oh, if, yeah. if, if Melvin Gordon would have got that, they would have to take that on. So, and, and I'm just thinking of this um, off the top of my head. I don't remember the last time when trading for a running back actually worked. I can't think of any running back tra- where a team traded for a running back, like an elite running back, not as like a random trade for like a third string mm-hmm. running back, where a team traded for an elite running back where they gave up a lot of value where it worked. The only thing, and we can move on after this, the only thing, and it, and it literally only worked for like one year, half a year, maybe like a Super Bowl, was the guy from Philly and Miami, Jordan, whatever, the one who broke his knee. Um, remember the guy, the guy who went from Miami to Philadelphia with the Eagles? Uh, Jay or Jai? Yeah. Okay, that, that did work out, but that, and not elite. But yeah, it wasn't elite. That was like a third round pick, third or fourth round. I think it was a third round pick. But it still worked and, out. And Jay, and yeah, you're right. That did work out, but that was a third round pick, and that was on his rookie contract, and he was going to get cut if he didn't. So, yes, that trade did work out, but it, he wasn't like, you know, a number one back. Right? The like that. top yeah. story on yeah, the NFL.com yeah, story. It, it, it wasn't like you were trading away Kamara. 
Yeah. So that's that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it wasn't like you're trading away a Kamara. Like, if Saquon gets traded tomorrow, the team that trades for him, I don't think is the winner of that trade. Right. And or I mean, maybe Todd Gurley could have been that back in the day. Obviously, with his recent history, yeah. not so much. Yeah. And then it also depends on where they go. But we'll see what's going yeah. on. If you do know of a running back trade that happened, that where because I, I could be completely wrong, and please call me if I'm wrong. Please throw it on Bears, Birds, and Brews at Twitter. Bears, Birds, and Brews at Instagram. Just right. yell at me. I would love for you to yell at me. We'd love to talk to you all there. Um, all right. So as we're wrapping this up, we got two things left. First thing, uh, Asif, give me a sleeper. Fantasy football sleeper for the draft. Because, you know, we got to give, give our information away. You can't hold on to it. All right. Well, so in, in my defense, I'll say I did a fantasy draft over the weekend, which you guys surprised me for my 30th birthday. Happy much. 30th birthday. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you could necessarily call him a sleeper. But then it's not a sleeper. If but you can't um, call him a sleeper, it's not a sleeper. It has to be a real sleeper. Okay, so then I'm going to go with – I'm going to give you three names because okay. they're all the same position. Okay, right? tight end, I'm assuming. No, it's actually running back. So all we're right. going to go with Marlon Mack with Indy. Okay. I think he could have a breakout season now that he's got a Hall of Fame quarterback okay. to work with. Um, Jordan Howard potentially could make some moves with Tua down there in Miami. And the real sleeper – Carlos Hyde in Seattle. Carlos Hyde in Seattle. All right. So my sleeper, and he's also a running back, uh, is going to be Bryce Love on the Redskins. Oh, crap. I didn't mean to say that. On the Washington football team. I apologize. I apologize. On the Washington football team. It's going to take me a minute to get used to that. I'm going to make the bill drink another beer for that. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Bryce Love, uh, he was supposed to be a first-round pick coming out of college, uh, towards ACL in a bowl game, and then he dropped, like, Humongously dropped. Um, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. You were there, actually. You you signed off on this pick when you came over to surprise me. For those of you who are listening, I got Austin Hooper in the 14th, 13th round of my fans. Maybe like 12.12 12 or 13.1. Yeah, he, he was of, a top three tight end, top five tight end. Last and week. I got him in like the last three rounds of my fantasy league. So if you need a tight Ooh. end and you see Austin Hooper on the Question. board... In Joku or uh, Austin Hooper? Oh, well, okay. I mean, I can't answer this question without being biased, but I'm taking Austin Hooper because I know he's already been working out with is it, Baker is it, Mayfield. Is, it, is there too many weapons on that team? I mean, it's a lot of fucking weapons. Yeah, but I think the, the great thing about a tight end, I will say real fast, is that a tight end doesn't necessarily take up your targets and it doesn't necessarily eat up your – the tight end gets the dirty yards. Depends the on the tight yards. end. I mean, Gronk is the exception. I mean, Kelsey's the exception. Kittle's the exception. Right, but these guys are superstars. the exception. These guys are superstars. But even on the Chiefs, you still got great wide receivers. Yeah, who that's are what I'm happy. saying. And you got two running backs. You got, you got a lot and, of and, and so, so for the Chiefs, they're making it work, right? Yeah. And for San Francisco, really, Kittle is their best offensive player. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? So that is an exception in and of itself. But like when you look at like Tony G and Austin Hooper, how they're being used in Atlanta, it's like... Dude, Austin Hooper is getting the second and six, the third and three, not the 50-yard bomb to Julio or the 18-yard slam. I mean, but that's not Austin Hooper's, like, But that, that's, that's not that, what he does. But that's what I mean about having a tight end is great because when you have an efficient tight end, they're taking those dirty plays that your star receivers don't want to make. Odell Beckham wants to make the one-handed yeah. catch. He doesn't want to catch the third and six that's going to get him into field goal territory. That's the tight end's job. So when you got a guy like Austin Hooper, it allows that to happen. So then Odell Beckham can make his fate. So I think Austin Hooper is actually my guy because if Njoku was going to be as good as advertised, they wouldn't have needed to go get Austin Hooper. There you go. 
Hooper over Njoku. You got a Madden thing. Don't forget Bro. that. Yep, we got that in a minute. So a couple other people. Um, I've been I've been saying this name for the past two years, but Anthony Miller. This is his time to step up or sit down. He's going to have Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles is going to start by week three against the Falcons. Here, you heard it first. Mitch is going to start week one, week two. Week three, it'll be Nick Foles against the Falcons. And Anthony Miller will ball out week three. Um, another sleeper. I mean, this isn't necessarily a sleeper. And I know I yelled at Austin for that. But if you can get Chris Godwin, pick him up as quickly as you can. Because Chris Godwin is going to be ridiculous this year. And um, shit, who else is my sleeper? I don't know, man. I forgot my sleepers because I've been drinking too much Good Word beer. I'll, I'll tweet out my sleepers later on. Um, and Asif, ask me what I told you to ask me about. Yeah, so you wanted to say something of, about Madden. I don't yep. remember much more. Yahoo that. Madden predictions. So I'm going to end on this because we always end on predictions. And this is a prediction not made by us, but made by Madden, the game we all trust. You hear that? That kind of rhymed. Um, Yahoo did a Madden simulation. Guess who won the Super Bowl in the Madden simulation? I'm just going to – well, because I got the hat on. I'm going to go with Atlanta. No. Chicago? Chicago and 14-2. and two. Guess who was the MVP of the year? Khalil Mack? Nope. Nick Foles. 4,800 yards, 44 touchdowns, and five interceptions. So, I'm just saying, if you trust the game of Madden and you trust Yahoo, just, just put them together. You know? Put them together. There you go. Um, all right. I got that on Instagram at Bears, Birds, and Brews. Thank you all for listening. Um, maybe, Let us know how we sound. Let us know if we sound good. Oh, uh, yeah. And we got some really good stuff coming for y'all. We might be bogeys, Birds, and Brews in the next week. We'll see what's going on. There's a little teaser for y'all. Shout a potential out. teaser. Let's go get some more beer in the bill.